You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday and We've got more to talk about with free agency and your New Orleans Pelicans. But first, that J.J. Redick signing. I've talked to a couple of people around the league. They were surprised by this, but in a very good way for New Orleans, maybe more so than us being surprised down here locally about it. I'm going to tell you what they mean by that. We're then going to look at DeMarcus Cousins, his situation in free agency. Is there even a market for him really right now? And then we're going to wrap up with Kawhi Leonard as we all await his decision. And yes, I'm partially recording this segment just so we can maybe get this over with um, since it is just leading to some, as one person told me, chaos on Twitter. So a lot to dive into in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So the J.J. Redick signing, obviously it's a great deal for New Orleans, two years, $26.5 million, and J.J. Redick checks off all of the boxes that the Pelicans are looking for, that veteran leadership presence, another Duke guy, which is just kind of a nice thing when you want to build some sort of cohesion and brotherhood here with this Pelicans organization as well. He fits the needs on the court, that sharpshooter, over 41% from deep in his career, and it's a two-year deal, not a three or four, and we kind of talked about the importance of that in yesterday's episode. So it checks all of those boxes. So yeah, we look at it and go, great signing. It really fits. Good job, New Orleans. But there's been kind of another interpretation of this around the league in a more positive way. And the more I think about it, the more I talk with people who are in some front offices, one guy on a coaching staff with a different team, and a number of other people who just kind of follow the league as a whole, you've come away really impressed with this move because J.J. Redick is 35. This is a guy who at his point in his career should really be chasing rings. Like he'd be a prime candidate to sign for very little money with maybe the Los Angeles Lakers, the Clippers, the Golden State Warriors. He's not washed like some of the guys we've seen do that. Maybe like David West, who is really at the tail end of his career. But certainly he's at the point where maybe he just wants to go get rings, something that he is missing right now. And he didn't. You know, this is a guy, I'm pulling up his numbers right now um, as I speak, so I'm stalling for time a little bit here, who's made $79 million in the NBA, basically another million, and he would be at $80 million made. It's not like he's hurting for money. He seems to be a smart guy, too, and does a number of other ventures. He's into podcasting and other things like that, you know, and he just got paid a whole hell of a lot to play in Philadelphia, $23 million in the 2017. 2018 season before playing for 12 and a half last year. He's doing okay. So why would he come to New Orleans and sign with this team in what's a bit of a youth movement, a bit of a project, instead of going after and chasing a ring? And this is a guy who has made the playoffs every year of his career, but not won an NBA title. And it's a good question. And from talking to people around the league and some people also associated with the Pelicans, 
He really believes in what's going on here. This is not just cool, let me come and get paid and chill out. This is, he wants to come and really help and lead this team going forward and believes that they're a playoff contender. This is not a guy who's just going to be okay getting paid to do nothing and be on a bad franchise. He really believes in what's going on here. And it also has to do with the personal relationships that he has, particularly with guys like Trajan Langdon, another Duke guy, Alvin Gentry, who coached him in Los Angeles, and now what he's built with David Griffin. So this front office and their vision and ability to sell players on things is really coming to fruition. I was on the Locked On NBA podcast on Wednesday today, and we had NBA player Devin, uh, Devin Booker, Trevor Booker on there with us, and we asked him, as a free agent, when people pitch you things, what's it like? And he goes, it's about selling the vision. That is the number one thing. It's not necessarily the money. The money doesn't hurt, but it's about selling the vision. And to get J.J. Redick to come here to New Orleans when he had very similar offers on the table elsewhere, well then, yeah, they are selling the vision. And to the league as a whole, they see this as a pretty big statement by New Orleans. This is maybe the best free agent signing in the history of the team, uh, almost by a long shot, potentially. And they look at this and just go, wow, they are doing something right there if you're attracting a guy like J.J. Redick. And everyone's intrigued about this now and what they're building here. And I've spoken to a couple of people. It's like, hey, I want David Griffin to reach out to me for a job because you want to work for a guy like that. And who's building this? This is a statement. Not everything else they've done is good. Hiring Griffin is good. Hiring Langdon is a good thing too. Renovating the practice facility is good. But it's got to translate to wins first and foremost. And David Griffin says, you know, we got to win games to prove it. But getting a guy like J.J. Redick, who is so well-respected around the league, to buy into what you're doing, that he wants to go there, is a really big statement. And they are kind of impressed with what the Pelicans have done. They have a very optimistic take about what this franchise is doing. The more you think about it, you're right. This is a dude who should be chasing after rings right now. And he's not. He is here in New Orleans, ready to mentor guys, ready to help lead this team. You know, he was drafted in 2006. He's been in the NBA for 13 years. Again, he's 35 years old. He'll be, oh, okay, he just had his birthday, apparently, on June 24th. Happy belated birthday, J.J. Redick. So he is someone who wants to win, and he thinks he can do that here. And that's pretty awesome to see. Good for New Orleans. Really cool that they are kind of changing the outlook of this franchise and looking like they are going to be in serious mix for a number of people. Again, you get J.J. Redick, who is in very high demand that's shooting, and you get him here, that's a statement. So awesome to see the Pelicans in the opening minutes of free agency making a statement like that. So we're going to look at DeMarcus Cousins in the dwindling free agent market for him. But before we get to that, of course, please subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast and leave a five-star review here with you Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you need to know and want to know about this Pelicans team. It is a lot of fun. So whether you're a new listener or a, a longtime listener, I appreciate you all tuning in, going along for this ride with us here. It's been a wonderful time. Again, statement being made around the league. No better time to become a Pelicans fan than now. So subscribe to Locked On Pelicans and please leave a five-star review. 
So former Pelican DeMarcus Cousins has had a bit of a rough going the past couple of years. Look, we know the injury that happened here in New Orleans, and then they went on the pretty good playoff run in the wake of that. He was offered two years, $40 million, turned it down thinking he was going to get a bigger money deal, didn't end up getting that, and ended up signing for the mid-level exception, playing checkers, not chess, with the Golden State Warriors last year. I'm not doing this segment to make fun of him or to rag on him or anything like that. It is disappointing no matter what to see a person's livelihood impacted in a way that it happened for him. No matter what you think about the guy, these people are professionals. They have a job and it is to play basketball. And sometimes things can impact that and how you get paid. And if that were to happen to you at work, you'd hate it. It sucks. Sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. And that seems to be the case here for DeMarcus. This is a guy who, you know, took that... uh, a much smaller deal than he maybe could have earned last season with the Golden State Warriors. They were able to bring him along slowly, and he had kind of an up-and-down year for them. There were times when he looked really good. One night, he absolutely cooked Nikola Jokic, who made an all-NBA team, and the other nights, he looked unplayable, and that's going to happen as you recover from an Achilles injury at a big man his height and size. It's just not easy to come back. But right now, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, and he said this on SportsCenter uh, Tuesday morning yesterday, he said, uh, there is no market for DeMarcus Cousins. That's the quote. There's not a market for DeMarcus Cousins. He goes on to say, I think he'd hope that some big market teams would strike out, they'd have cap space, and he could get a one-year, 12, 15, 18, $20 million deal. That's not happening. The mid-level exception he got in Golden State last year, I don't think that's there. End quote. You've seen it. Cap space dried up really quickly. There was about 40% of the league being free agents, and in about 6 to 12 hours or something like that, about a billion dollars in contracts had been given out. Now, that's over the life of those deals, but a lot of money was used up. There was no waiting. We all kind of anticipated we'd need to have the Kawhi domino fall, the Kevin Durant domino fall, and then things would really get moving. We expected maybe that would take a little bit. In the case of Kawhi Leonard, and we're going to talk about it in the next segment, it did. But everything else went quickly. The Pelicans made a move immediately right off of the bat. The Knicks struck out right off of the bat and started throwing weird money at all sorts of people. We talked about it yesterday, too. And the money dried up. Teams, I think, were worried that if you wait for these dominoes and go after one of these guys and then you don't get them, you're stuck. So they went after their second and third tier people, maybe, or maybe not their number one target, but their second and third targets and made moves to get those deals done quickly. Or you know what you had on the team, you valued that, and you just wanted to immediately get it resolved. New Orleans did it. The Indiana Pacers did something like that. Sonny Malcolm Brogdon right away in free agency. The Milwaukee Bucks, they also did it, signing up um, Brooke Lopez and getting a deal done with Chris Middleton and others. A number of teams did this. Heck, the Golden State Warriors Sunday night, realizing they were losing Kevin Durant, made moves to bring in D'Angelo Russell. And the cap space just went It used to take a couple of days for the cap space to kind of dry up around the league. Not the case. It goes fast now. We're into day three when you're listening to this. You know, maybe something like, what, under 72 hours into all of this. And it's just moved. That's it. Like, there's not much there. Few teams have cap space remaining. So DeMarcus Cousins, if he does want to get one of those deals, it's going to be tough. Dallas is probably not going to offer him something like $15 million knowing what they're doing. Maybe they give him something less than that, but who knows? 
Now, DeMarcus Cousins isn't going to be out of the league next year. No, not a chance. But it's going to be for far less money than he was expecting. And it's real. It's in a way disappointing to see. If you're petty and you want to be like laughing at him, go do your thing. I can't stop you. But again, I don't like to see people kind of struggle. It's not like he's struggling. He's making millions of dollars. He just made $5 million last year. But you get what I mean relative to what the norm should be. And it's different for NBA players compared to us. It kind of sucks to see. He was pretty good in 30 games for the Warriors last year. 16.3 points, 8.2 rebounds, 3.6 assists, 1.5 blocks, 1.5 uh, 1.3 steals in under 26 minutes of action, 25.7 minutes. He's still really good. He's not the same player he once was, but this is still maybe the best center in the league who can shoot threes. And we've seen centers who don't shoot threes. There's not much of a market for them for the most part. But DeMarcus Cousins can. He can pass the ball too. It's just kind of weird to see the cap space go when he was just, again, left on the dance floor without a partner. He'll get signed somewhere. Not sure where it's going to be. And maybe it's likely going to be the Lakers or Clippers, whichever team does not get Kawhi Leonard. Maybe both of them if he resigns with the Toronto Raptors, which we'll talk about again in a minute. And why we want him to sign with the Toronto Raptors, of course. But who really knows? And it's very interesting. By the way, speaking of the Los Angeles Lakers, they did make a move. They've been in a bit of a holding pattern this offseason waiting to find out what Kawhi Leonard's going to do. Ended up signing Jared Dudley, guy that I think many people would have liked to have seen on the Pelicans. He's got connections to Trajan Langdon, Obviously, that veteran presence, a guy who almost relishes and gets excited about mentoring younger guys and talking about how he can take them to the playoffs. And he seemed very proud of the work he did with that young Brooklyn Nets core last season. But now he's going to be going to the Los Angeles Lakers on a veteran minimum deal. Smart move. It was weird that Woj then tweeted out being like, yeah, he's great influence on young guys. They, they have four dudes on the roster right now, and that's really it. So I don't know what young guys he's necessarily mentoring right now. But regardless, if they do sign Kawhi Leonard, they're filling that roster out with minimum contracts. Probably young ones too. Young guys. So maybe a guy like Jared Dudley is a very smart thing. So we will see, but kind of interesting to see him end up going there. It sounds like it was always a dream of his to be the Lake uh, on the Lakers. That is a draw, no matter how bad they've been, and they've been bad over the past five years, but it is still a thing. So that's your update in Lakerland and on DeMarcus Cousins. So we're going to touch on Kawhi Leonard and what that could mean for your New Orleans Pelicans. But again, before we get to all of that, please subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Only podcast coming to you guys Monday through Friday, breaking down all the biggest news the day after it happens, sometimes even the minutes and seconds after it happens. And you need to keep up with everything going on with this team. It is fun to be a Pelicans fan right now. And if you got friends who are Pelicans fans as well, clue them into the podcast, share the link with them. Get them on board with everything, too. Nothing worse than a friend who has no idea what they're talking about. Trying to talk to you about something can be really annoying. You guys know exactly what I mean. So please listen and subscribe daily to the Locked On Pelicans podcast. So most of the big name free agents are off the board. However, there is one that is still remaining, and that is Kawhi Leonard. And he's basically the only one left that is of any serious consequence to anything going on around the league. And... It's a pretty interesting thing. This is obviously a guy that's tough to get a read on, is really taking his time with this, or he just doesn't care about anyone else's timeline, and he already has a decision made. But we all thought he might need to be the first guy off the board to really kind of set off the chain of events that would be free agency. And then everyone got signed, 
There's not much cap space left. You're really looking at the Los Angeles Clippers, the Los Angeles Lakers as the two teams that could spend. They're not going to do that until they figure out what's going on with Kawhi Leonard since both of them want him there. And of course, the Toronto Raptors would like to bring him back. Obviously, all teams are offering him a max deal. Four years, both for the Lakers and Clippers. Five years for the Toronto Raptors since they have his bird rights. And that's where we stand. And I'm partially recording this, hoping that maybe it means something gets done because people are freaking out about this, which I guess what else are we supposed to do? You know, free agency has seriously slowed down so far. So, yeah, we got to freak out about something. It's Twitter and the Internet after all, right? So I get why people really care about this, but there is some impact to New Orleans if tangentially, no matter what. Obviously, if you're ranking the outcomes of where Kawhi Leonard goes, the Raptors and him resigning there makes the most sense. They're in the Eastern Conference. It's not, you know, a team in the West that the Pelicans are going to be competing with for a playoff spot. And cool, it just makes the West more wide open than it would have already been, which is really nice to see. And also, he had a pretty cool run there with the team last year, and they were really fun to watch. So we obviously want him to go back, stay in the Eastern Conference, not really impact the Pelicans in any way. The next closest team I guess you'd like to see him go to, if you're looking for number two on the the power rankings here of where we want Kawhi Leonard to go between these three teams, it would probably be the Los Angeles Clippers. They were in the playoffs last year. They just re-signed Patrick Beverly. They're likely going to be fighting for a playoff spot as constructed today for next season. Maybe they make it, maybe they don't. They did get in as the eighth seed last year. But you get Kawhi Leonard on that team, and they obviously are in. Does that impact the Pelicans a ton? Not a ton, but it just means it's going to be tougher to get into the Western Conference playoffs. And I've done a lot of radio and TV the past couple of days. I even did one in Huntsville, Alabama, by the way, a radio spot yesterday morning, which was pretty interesting. Um, And showing you the reach of Pelicans fever right now. And, you know, I said, I don't know if this is a playoff team. It might take 50 wins to get into the playoffs in the Western Conference. That's how competitive it is going to be next season with basically everyone improved and only teams that maybe you want to rule out being the Phoenix Suns um, and maybe the Dallas Mavericks. I'm not quite sure. Maybe the Memphis Grizzlies is the other team you'd want to rule out as well with the youth movement. That's the other one. So you've got two teams that aren't really into the playoffs next season but aren't going to be the easiest outs either. So it's competitive. And, you know, if the Clippers are already in there, cool. They're already in there. What can you do? Not much. At least it's not another team that's maybe below the Pelicans or on the Pelicans level elevating themselves significantly because that would be the case for the Los Angeles Lakers. All of a sudden, they would have a big three of uh, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, with Kawhi probably being the best player on that team. You can call it a big four if you're Jeannie Buss and say Kyle Kuzma as well. So four guys right there, plus Jared Dudley. I think they signed someone else. I forget who at the moment, and it's okay. And then a bunch of vet minimum guys, whoever those guys are. That's still a pretty competitive team based off the big three that they have alone. And you could argue it's maybe the second best big three of all time behind Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. Maybe you think it's as good or better than that. And there's probably an argument to be made. But 
that's a team that then probably does jump the Pelicans in the standings next year. They're already ahead of them, but not by much. And it's just going to make it tougher for New Orleans to really kind of climb into that race. The other big issue is, well, New Orleans controls their drafts for basically the next 7, 8, 9, 10, probably 15 years or so. And you don't want that team being good. This is uh, the Pelicans deal with Anthony Davis and the Lakers is really banking on the fact that once LeBron retires, they go into a bit of a tailspin and struggle. You get Kawhi Leonard and AD, even when LeBron James retires or leaves or isn't as good anymore, they still have a very competent team and those two guys will attract others to go play with them. That can definitely pose a problem for a lot of those picks and pick swaps that New Orleans has in the future. So obviously we don't want to see him go to the Lakers. One, we just don't want to see another super team. That Lakers exceptionalism is definitely a thing. And you'd like it because, or not like it, because you don't want it to impact the assets the Pelicans got from the Lakers in a negative way, which is something that it really could do. But Don't worry too much about that because those picks are very far out there and who knows what could happen in the meantime. So it's not a guarantee that it does have a huge impact on all of the stuff that New Orleans got back. But definitely don't want to see Kawhi in a Lakers jersey. But we also don't control this. It's going to either happen or it doesn't. And we should probably have some resolution on this maybe by the time you're listening to this or maybe later. It sounds like this is going to get done and we're inching closer and closer to a resolution. Though who knows? But we don't want him to go to the Lakers. We'd like him to stay with the Toronto Raptors. Go win back-to-back titles there, Kawhi. We would all be cool with that, and we will find out what happens. But there are implications on what it means for this Pelicans team. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. We're going to be looking at Summer League tomorrow. On the 4th of July, no podcast on Friday, so if you want to wait and listen to it then, if you're back in the office, I'm going to be back in my personal office for work, so I understand your pain. If you are, you can listen to it then, previewing Summer League, the guys on the roster, the coaching staff, what we're expecting, what we want to see, what we hope to see. Oh, by the way, when I mentioned the coaching staff, surprise addition for your New Orleans Pelicans on their Summer League coaching staff, a familiar face, but maybe not one you were expecting. I'll let you guys know who that is in tomorrow's podcast when we break it all down in anticipation of the Pelicans' first game in prime time against the New York Knicks on Friday. So thank you all for listening. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. And as always, I'm Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.